With 19 NCAA Division I sports and 84 majors, Coastal Carolina University affords student-athletes the competition and learning they crave. From FBS football to ladies volleyball, from championship baseball to ladies lacrosse, from business to theater arts, Coastal Carolina University offers a depth of learning both on the field and in the classroom. Eager ambition is a hallmark of students and faculty at Coastal Carolina University. Schedule a tour and learn more at coastal.edu. Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, GM at CMA's Colonial Honda. It's no secret that we are in uncharted waters, but that doesn't mean we should be afraid because we are doing everything we can to keep our dealership clean and offering delivery services to minimize exposure. We've also opened a helpline for assistance of any kind, including grocery or medication pickup. Please call our CMA helpline at 434-220-8885. Visit cmascolonialhonda.com to learn more. CMA's Colonial Honda, moving lives forward. Sports King Show, live on Sports 1061, the show with scores, interviews, the hottest topics, and the biggest sports stories of the day. It's the show where you'll hear from the players that make the plays, as well as the key coaches and personnel who make it happen. All of this and live phone calls from you, the Sports King Nation. Now, direct from his castle, located in an undisclosed location in the capital city of Richmond, Virginia, let's welcome to the throne, His Highness, Jamie King, the Sports King, on Sports 1061. And good morning, everyone. Good morning, Ben Malin. Good morning, everybody around the world listening in London, England this morning, all the way to South Carolina, Sacramento, California. Thank you so much for tuning in on Facebook Live and Sports 1061. We've got a big show. We're going to get to it. Uh, three guests today on the show. Starting off, we'll have Dr. Paul Ross. He'll start things off. Uh, hour two, we're going to have Joe Mowgli of the Joe Mowgli Report with the chairman of TD Ameritrade, also the former coach at Coastal Carolina. And then we're going to Jack Thompson, the great Northwest, as we go to Washington State. Of course, he was a quarterback at Washington State. He was also the number three overall pick in the 79 draft by the Cincinnati Bengals. So we're going to talk about that as he was a first-round guy back then. One of the great names ever. And all, I'm, a, I'm a guy that loves college football nicknames always have it's one of the things i love to uh talk about and what was the greatest name i dare say jack thompson's name the throwing samoan one of my favorites by the way uh just love that name it's just a lot of swagger with it and jack did some great things there washington state of course mark rippin a big fan of jack thompson's he followed jack thompson uh years later but Jack Thompson is a great ambassador for Washington State. We're going to talk about that, talk about all the things going on with the lack of sports out there in Washington State and what's happening. Of course, that was a very hot area in terms of the coronavirus, and we're going to talk about how things are developing out there. Jack Thompson, our guest in hour number two. Before we get to Dr. Ross, I do want to start with this breaking news. I got with Ben Maitland yesterday about this, an absolutely stunning development. Uh, New York's cornerback DeAndre Baker and Seattle Seahawks, former Redskin cornerback Quentin Dunbar. And, folks, you can't make this up. They both face four counts of armed robbery with a firearm for an incident on Wednesday night in Miramar, Florida. The Miramar Police Department issued an arrest warrant for the two players over social media on Thursday night tagging their respective NFL teams. Baker also faces an additional four counts aggravated assault with a firearm. You are in big boy territory now, folks. This isn't just uh, fooling around. According to Miramar Police Department report, an arrest warrant, the two NFL players, get this, folks, 
and I can't make this up, they robbed guests at a party in which several people were playing cards and video games. After an argument erupted and the card table was flipped, Baker decided to do this. I'm going to go ahead and pull out a handgun with Dunbar and two other individuals to start robbing the people at the party. Guys, you want to just invite over to any party, of course. Unbelievable. Thousands of dollars of cash, several watches, other valuables were taken with Baker telling people he would, and this was nice of him, he'd shoot them if they left the house, according to the report. Baker was selected. Now, this is where it gets bizarre, beyond words. Baker selected in the first round of the 2019 NFL draft. He recorded 61 tackles starting in 15 games. Dunbar won the better Redskins last year, tallied 37 tackles, 11 games with the Redskins in 2019 as a fifth-year player. He was traded this offseason to the Seahawks. Both the Giants and the Seahawks issued publics. Of course, they're going to issue public statements saying that uh, we're going to let the thing run its course. But a warrant of arrest has been issued for both of them. Four counts of armed robbery with a firearm. Four counts of aggravated assault with a firearm. Dunbar has an arrest warrant for himself as well with four counts of armed robbery with a gun as well. So here's the deal. These guys, you're looking at Baker, 2019, a first-round pick, millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. Dunbar is a millionaire. So... I get taken in a card game. I lose thousands of dollars. Maybe I say to myself, don't go to that type of card game. Stay away from that environment. Now, if they're under the influence, which I certainly believe that's going to be part of their defense, that might make a little sense to their behavior. But picture this, folks. You're sitting in a backyard barbecue. You're playing some high-stakes poker or whatever card game they might have been playing, dominoes, whatever it may have been, and Somebody takes somebody for a few thousand. Well, you know, I'm going to reach in my waistband, pull out a handgun, and I'm going to demand money, cash, and everything. Now, this is where the genius of this comes from, these two guys. You're two NFL players, two high-profile NFL players. You don't have a mask on. You don't have anything on. No social distancing, evidently. People see your face. They see you. They know who you are. So you're going to rob this entire party of, in some cases, they say 7000 in cash and tons in jewelry. They took quite a bit in jewelry. So let's say the hall was fifty to 100000 Let's just throw that number out there. That happens, and you walk away holding guns on people as you exit the party, the barbecue. And you think you're getting away with it? First of all, you get there. Everybody knows the two of you are NFL stars. You rob the entire party. You leave the party. And expect everything to just be copacetic. You're going to be okay. Everything's good. So now these guys are on the run. They're going to get arrested. And this isn't a run-of-the-mill jaywalking deal, folks. This is absolutely big boy territory. This could be uh, federal prison-type territory. So you may have a good lawyer out there, and I hope they both do, but I don't see how you get away from this one without some serious jail time. Remember Plaxico Burris years ago, who shot himself in a bar in New York, he served quite a bit of time for something that he did to himself. These two knuckleheads did it to other people. We'll get your take on this and much, much more. We've got a lot to get through on the show today. Without further ado, we want to welcome back to the show, you know him, you love him, a guy that changed my life from a foot perspective. He is absolutely the best. I call him the Bishop of Bunions, the commander of the cuneiform, the master of the metatarsal, the ambassador of ankles, and the titan of the talus. See, Dr. Ross doesn't think I know feet, but I know feet. I'm learning this game. Not that I'm as good as he is, of course. Now, he's seen over 180,000 people, folks, and they can't be wrong. 
This guy is the absolute best. He joins us this morning. Dr. Ross, how are you doing, my man? Hello, Jamie. How are you this wonderful morning? Thanks for the intro. Well, Very kind. Yeah, absolutely. Fortunately, we weren't at that card game or we would have been in big trouble. But anyway, I digress. I, digress. I pennies and nickels. That's all I can <laughs> yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, let me ask you now, with your practice, Bethesda, of course, in Springfield, you remained open and you did things for your community. Your family was really in some ways against it because they said, hey, uh, is this a safe for you to do? But you took all the precautions. But it was so important for you because you have such a log of, of great clients that have come through. You demanded to be able to help these folks. You wanted to be there for them because so many have underlying foot issues. And you did it for them. And how has it been going? Your staff is first class. They've kept this thing. I went up there and I saw how well they're cleaning the building, always keeping it clean, safety first. You guys have really weathered the storm so far. How is it going for you? Well, Jamie, it's uh, it's going well. We're uh, taking all precautions, as you said. Um, we're making sure we're seeing less patients in a particular day. We don't want anybody coming in and uh, delaying by waiting in the reception area, putting them right into a room. We're not having any other guests in the reception area. If people are being driven there, we want them to be waiting outside in their car, things along those lines. Certainly, we have some telemedicine consults, but podiatry doesn't really work all that well for telemedicine. It's usually more of a hands-on specialty, people coming in with their uh, specific foot problems, trauma, our diabetic population, all that. So we've been uh, handling it very well. And... Uh, you know, again, like you said, we have an amazing staff who uh, is trained to uh, be able to handle all this at the current time. In regards to what you can do now as far as surgery, how is it going on that front? You're a renowned surgeon. Both uh, you do it in Maryland, you do it in Virginia, and, of course, uh, perform a lot of surgeries. Have you been allowed back to do that? Yes, uh, in both states, uh, in the Commonwealth of Virginia and the state of Maryland, there has been an, an easing of the restrictions for elective surgeries. So we are now able with other precautionary measures at the surgery centers to begin, this actually started last week, to begin uh, performing uh, elective foot surgery. So we're, we're glad we were able to do that. Our patients who needed to have things done are happy to finally get stuff scheduled and uh, get on to the healing process. I want to ask you a NFL question related to a foot injury. I've been on record saying I'd love to see Cam Newton come to Washington. Of course, the former Carolina Panther quarterback waiting in limbo right now for a team. You as a foot doctor, of course, he's had the shoulder surgeries and shoulder repairs. Right now, he had the foot injury with the Liz Frank injury. Could you describe that for our listeners and talk about that? It's sometimes often mistaken for a sprain and sometimes can take months to heal up. What is What are we yeah. looking at? And should yeah. this affect him from a mobility standpoint, or is that something no, you can really I mean, comment on? That Liz Frank injury is, think of the hand, it's, a, it's an injury that's sort of in the mid-portion of the foot. It's a joint that goes almost across the entire foot, almost like the wrist. So if you have a wrist injury, um, there are multiple bones that come into play, and when you have that kind of joint process that you're now bearing weight on, especially when you're having to more than just bear weight, but run and change position and go in uh, different directions. If that is not thoroughly healed, it gets to be re-injured quite frequently. It's a tough injury to heal. It does take a lot of time. Um, there's so many things to do, but there's no one absolute thing to do for it. Usually it's a function of time, rest, uh, physical therapy, things along that line, and they do eventually heal. Once they heal, uh, you're done with it. Well, Cam Newton, they say that in terms of getting the foot surgery, 
sometimes Liz Franks can evolve to a surgery to repair the type of injuries that on the more severe cases, because they say it could be an eight to 10 week recovery yeah. period or even longer. So it's really kind of a iffy type thing on that deal as far as the healing time, correct? Yeah, sure. I mean, everybody heals a little differently and the surgical procedure to address that is, um, you know, it's not, it's not a, a complex procedure, but it does require some healing that goes on and certainly risks involved with it, but usually quite successful when it gets to the point where other conservative measures are not effective in alleviating the problem, then we have to uh, consider the surgical option. Dr. Paul Ross, our special guest. You can follow Dr. Paul Ross. His website is paulrossdpm. That's davidpaulmary.com, paulrossdpm.com. Two offices to serve you, Bethesda, Maryland, 301-232-3764, Springfield, Virginia, 571-207-8818. And, folks, uh, you can send questions. You can ask questions. Dr. Ross will do whatever he can to answer them. And then you go in for that visit, and he can change your life. He did it for me. He can do it for you. And, of course, they've got amazing things in his offices. Talk about this laser therapy. It really seems like cutting-edge technology you have going there. Uh, and I know your patients are loving that, and you've done a lot of stem cell stuff. Talk about the laser therapy aspects and how that's been affecting your patients. Yeah, sure. We uh, got involved in the laser therapy uh, earlier part of this year. It's been around for quite a while. And the laser therapy is really geared to uh, leaving, alleviating uh, pain, inflammation, swelling, uh, to use uh, acute injuries. If we can get someone here with an acute injury, we can speed up the healing by almost 25 to 30%. We're also using on a lot of our patients who have these chronic injuries, um, our elderly population with chronic arthritic conditions that are just immobilized many times just because of the amount of pain that they have. Uh, with the laser, with the infrared beam associated with it, uh, it's geared at alleviating inflammation and alleviating pain. And we just do it multiple times during a week for several weeks to uh, alleviate the, the pain and inflammation. Sometimes you have to follow that up once a month for some um, maintenance, but otherwise the introduction into the practice has been remarkable regarding um, alleviating our pain, inflammation, and swelling. We were using it a lot even post-operatively, actually before the the COVID thing hit, but um, we'll start using it again on our post-operative patients so we can speed up the healing when we do anything surgical as well, but it's been quite an adjunct to our practice. Dr. Ross, as I've gone on record many times, develops a game plan, individual game plan for you. So if you've had foot problems, ankle problems, issues with your feet, you've got to set an appointment, go see them. They specialize shockwave therapy, diagnostic ultrasound, digital x-ray, stem cell therapy, orthotics, and laser therapies we just mentioned. Over 180,000 Man, you're, you're in Cal Ripken territory in terms of the numbers you put up. I'm telling you, it's just amazing <laughs> what you've done. When you look back at your career and you say 180,000, heading it towards 200,000, do the numbers sometimes just get jumbled together? When you ever sit back and say to yourself, how many people you have changed lives through your career, it's, it's really something special. Do you, I know you take so much pride in that. You know, I don't really even understand that until uh, I hear you say the number and it's quite staggering over 40 years that I could actually have touched that many people and uh, twice as many feet. So it's, uh, and I still feel like I'm just started practice a few weeks ago because it's, uh, it's uh, energizing. It's, it's, it's terrific to be able to wake up every day and just come to the office again, hard to believe it's been 40 years. 
Um, and I don't feel like I'm winding down. I feel like I'm just getting going with, again, with all new technologies that are out there and all sorts of wonderful things to be able to uh, bring to patients. And again, because our patient population is from you know, an, an infant who's many months old to we just saw somebody in the office who's 102. So the diversity of the people that we see every day is uh, very stimulating to, uh, to come here every day. Folks, choosing your foot doctor is an important decision. It can mean the difference between getting mediocre results and living pain-free. This guy will change your life. If you have a foot problem, and I'm talking about bunions, orthotics, diabetes and foot care, foot pain, hammer toes, heel pain, pediatric foot care for the little ones, sports injuries, women's feet. He does it all. You have women's feet and the shoe issues. We hear a lot of complaints there. You take care of them on that. Here's the thing, folks. When I was in his office recently, he had somebody almost 90 years of age down to just uh, under a year, practically. I mean, you look at everybody. The fact that you help from the little ones to the elderly, I mean, you're diverse. I guess every day the challenge is you don't know what you're going to face day to day, but you help everyone. And you got to take a lot of pride. It's not just like one demographic. You you help everyone. And which is the beauty of what we do here is that it's one of the main reasons I got involved in uh, being a podiatrist, that when I pigeonholed into one age group or one type of pathology or one body part or anything along those lines. So the diversity is exactly right. As soon as I walk in the office, I don't really have any idea the the diversity I'm going to see, but I know it is going to be very diverse. And again, for me, that is just a great thing. So I just love being around people, especially all ages. He's won so many awards, too many to talk about here. He's been on the best list of everything. You can go to his website, Paul Ross DPM. If you go to his website, you get a $25 gift certificate just to go in and, and visit with Dr. Ross and uh, learn more about the practice. Give him a call. Set it up. Offices of Bethesda, Springfield. And right now, we're going to transition to something that's exclusive here to the Sports King Show. It's called the Ross Rules of Foot Care. He provides this for us and for his folks uh, they go to his website as well. And so right now, without further ado, he has this week's segment of the Ross Rules. Who doesn't want the quick fix? I'm interested to hear this one. Here he is, the master of the metatarsal himself, Dr. Paul Ross, with Who Doesn't Want the Quick Fix? Thank you, Jamie. So who doesn't want the quick fix? When it comes to a health concern, we all want the fastest solution at the lowest cost. This is the case, whether it's pain in the back, a toothache, or a sore heel. Hundreds of millions of dollars are spent annually on over-the-counter or OTC products. In the foot world, that's inserts, anti-wart products, toenail fungus remedies, and medicated corn and cow's pads, they are the most popular OTC purchases. With companies like Amazon, it's easier than ever to have the solution show up quickly at your door. Many companies that sell store-bought health aids do a good job of marketing their solution. Who wouldn't try the inserts to solve plantar fasciitis if their heel has been painful for a while, or the liquid that guarantees to kill toenail fungus? Boy, if these products worked that well, who would ever need us? Rationally, it makes sense to try something like this if the cost is low, but here's the thing. The problem is that some of these products make the situation worse. We've seen inserts make the heel hurt more, and even worse, cause back pain. We've also seen infections from wart solutions and medicated corn and cow's pads. We've had several patients complain of the ankle hurting more from an OTC brace. There are two problems with an ineffective OTC product. One is that money was wasted. 
And two is that the condition has been prolonged. An important fact about foot conditions is that the longer they exist, they get worse and harder to solve. So when it comes to most purchases in our lives, whether it's a new car or a medical solution, humans make rational decisions. In the interest of getting a faster and less expensive result, it would be better to make a logical decision when it comes to ending a foot concern. By logical, of course, referring to seeing us instead of purchasing an OTC product. We'll make an accurate diagnosis before recommending the easiest and fastest proven solution. So if you're having a problem, feel free to give us a call immediately. There is no reason to wait. You know how to reach us in Maryland. It's 301-656-6055. In Virginia, it's 703-451-2977. Look forward to seeing you soon with any and all of your foot problems. Dr. Paul Ross, and folks, as a reminder, the Podiatry Center is available for teleconferencing meetings. If you're unable to leave your house, please call their office to set up a meeting one-on-one, and they'll definitely go over all of your foot ailments and discuss a plan, which the game plan is what he specializes in. Dr. Ross continues to have a leg up on the competition. No extra always, for that, Dr. Ross. foot in front of the other. You have ahead. one foot in front of the other, exactly. Hey, Dr. Ross, continued health to you, and you guys stay safe up there, doing great jobs both in Bethesda and Springfield. We can't thank you enough for the Ross rules, and we definitely uh, look forward to seeing you soon. Take care of yourself and continued uh, success with everything you do. Thank you for everything, and be safe, and uh, have a pleasant weekend. Thank you. You got it. Dr. Paul Ross, our special guest, going to take a time out, come back. We're going to get back into it. Uh, Look like the Wild Wild West at a card game. We've got a lot more show. Don't go away. We'll be right back with the Sports King on Sports 106.1. Hi, this is Corporal Virginia native Keith, Mr. Jennings, formerly of the Golden State Warriors. And you are listening to a man who can shoot the three almost as good as me. It's the Sports King, Jamie King on Sports. 106 one. Hi, sports fans. It's the Sports King for the Podiatry Center of renowned foot doctor, Dr. Paul Ross. Dr. Ross is an expert who develops individual game plans for the sole purpose of getting his patients back to 100% as quickly as possible. In my case, I wore soft casts, hard casts. I was in pain and I saw no relief. That is, until Dr. Ross came to the rescue. He restored my foot to the way it was originally, and he gave me the quality of life I so desperately wanted to return to. He can do the same for you. He has state-of-the-art techniques and strategies to ensure your pain and issues become a thing of the past. If you've tried the rest, do yourself a favor and now try the best. Call today. Two offices to serve you, Bethesda, Maryland, and Springfield, Virginia. That's the podiatry center of Dr. Paul Ross. For more information, go to paulrossdpm.com. That's paulrossdpm.com. You're listening to a man whose yoga instructor asked him how flexible he was, and he replied that he couldn't do Tuesdays. It's the Sports King on Sports 106.1. Sports King on a Friday morning, and I can't do Tuesdays for yoga, but don't laugh now, the Sports King. I'm going to do yoga, folks. That's next in line for me. I want to do it. I was watching some stuff this morning. I'm going to do it. I'm really going to get into this yoga. 
I'm about as flexible as steel, but going to try to work through that. But flexibility is key, man. You got to be flexible. So yoga for the sports king. Mark it down. Giggity, hey, giggity. Thank you so much, Quagmire. Uh, we got we started the show. Thank you, Dr. Paul Ross, for all that information regarding foot care. We really appreciate that. It's a staple in the Sports King Show. Got to get back to this. Take your calls. 804-327-0888 is the number of quarterbacks. DeAndre Baker, Quentin Dunbar. It's a wild, wild west, folks. Hey, let's go to a party. What do you say? Have some barbecue? Yeah, that sounds great. Let's play poker. How's that sound? Great. Maybe some dominoes. Sound good? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, Go ahead and strap that uh, 45 to you or 38. Let's go ahead and put that in your waistband. Why would we do that? Well, if we lose, we'll go ahead and hold them up, rob them, and go out. I mean, we're two NFL guys. Nobody will notice. What do you say? Hey, sounds like a great plan. Exactly. You cannot be serious. Arrest warrants have been issued. South Florida for New York Giants cornerback DeAndre Baker, as we started at the top of the show. Seattle Seahawks cornerback Quentin Dunbar, former Redskin, in connection with an armed robbery. Folks, you can't make this up. I know the coronavirus is acting uh, in some people a little different. People's views and thoughts are going and people getting cabin fever. Things are a little left to center, let's say. But in what world do you sit there and talk to your friend, a, a fellow cornerback, a top pick in the NFL draft 2019 for the Giants making millions of dollars in the draft, and on the ride over you say, you know what, hey, did you get the brownies? Did you bring uh, any any dip maybe, a little queso? And you got the, uh, the clips too, the two 15-round uh, clips, right? You got those. Well, why would we need, we did, why would we need those? Well, if we lose money, since we only have millions in the bank, if we happen to lose, let's go ahead and uh, let's rob them, hold them at gunpoint, and then take all the jewelry and then get out of here. Now, I've had people text me say, well, they had to be under the influence. They had to be under the And you hope that's the case because anybody in the right mind, and this is where it goes off the rails for me, if they weren't in their right mind, and if they just were mad because they lost money, thousands of dollars, allegedly, they robbed $7,000 and tens of thousands in jewelry. They're holding guns on people at a backyard barbecue that they were invited to. A couple guys you really want to have over for your next barbecue. So they're going to say, before we leave, we had a great meal. We played cards. We lost thousands. So, hey, let's go ahead and hold them up. And nobody will notice. We'll get out of here. There'll be a clean getaway. Not so much. So now arrest uh, warrants have been issued for these guys. And it's a situation that's gone from bad to worse. Baker, DeAndre Baker, 22 years of age. Dunbar, 27, the former Redskins, should have taken the 22-year-old under his wing and said, look, man, 2019 draft pick, you've made millions, $20, 30000000 million in your draft position as a first-round pick, not... 1975, 2019, you got the money. Go ahead, pull that gun out. Let's hold it on him and rob people at this party. So now Redskins' former player, Dunbar, who's supposed to mentor the 22-year-old, they're both on the run. So the Giants and the Redskins, uh, Seahawks rather, both said, we're aware of the situation. We have no further comment at this time. That's a situation that is fluid. And you've got two guys that had promising careers. Think about this for a minute. Dunbar was entering his final year, had a non-guaranteed base of $3.25 million. 
Shortly before his arrest was issued, he held a 15-minute introductory teleconference call and told Seattle reporters, you just want to feel wanted at the end of the day. I just hope to repay them with the way I carry myself. Listen to this. You, you can't make this up. Quentin Dunbar held a 15-minute introductory press conference looking at the media, talking to the fans of Seattle, telling them what they're going to get. And he said, quote, you just want to feel wanted at the end of the day. I hope to repay the people and the ownership and everyone here with the way I carry myself as a person, end quote. Now let me load it up and go over to the nearest uh, party I'm invited to and hold the people up there and get arrested or be on the run. As I said, you can't make this up. Dunbar was expected to compete with Trey Flowers for the Seattle Seahawks starting right job uh, job at right cornerback. So he was a potential starter for the Seahawks, and now he's on the lamb. You can't make this up. In what world does this happen? I mean, if you're somebody that's not known and you go to a party and you do this, you may have a chance of getting away with it. Maybe somebody just shows up at a party, they don't know anybody, and they try this. Okay, maybe you got a shot to get away with it. When you're two NFL guys that walk in a party, the first thing people say, look at those stars walking through. Hey, that's Quentin Dunbar, isn't it? Yeah, that's DeAndre Baker. Yeah, 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 I know those guys. Wow, great. Okay, sit down, let's play, and uh, go ahead and rob us when it's all said and done. So, folks, I'm telling you, this has just gone from bad to worse. And then this has jumped out at me. I sent it to Ben Maitland yesterday. I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw this. And this took place on Wednesday night. So... What began as a fun-filled party ended up with guys being held up and money taken, jewelry taken, and now we're going to have to follow this to see where it goes from here. What's your take? 804-327-0888. I don't think they'll be invited to many more cookouts, and I'm telling you, I think where both of them are ending up, it's not going to be cookout uh, approved there because they're going to be doing some hard time on this deal. I mean, I don't think any lawyer in America can get these guys off, whether they're under the influence or not. They might get a lesser sentence, but you can expect these guys to go away for some time. And probably the two stupidest guys I've ever heard of in my life in terms of doing something like that. There's just no planet you're on where you say, hey, what they did from a standpoint of whether they're mad, whether they're upset, whether they feel they got robbed in terms of the card game. You just uh, you got to be smart, guys. And this is just out of the world in terms of uh, the mentality here. I just can't, uh, you know, can't put words. I mean, just. Un undescribable what they did. I do want to let you know yesterday I went off on uh, Blake Snell of the Tampa Bay um, Rays in terms of him saying, I want mine and I need mine in terms of his salary. He wants every penny this year. Or he's not going to play. Well, I really roasted him yesterday. I've gone on record. I've been a big Bryce Harper fan from the time I saw him in high school all the way through. I've always liked Bryce Harper. He left the Nationals, and you saw what happened then. They win the world championship. But I tell you what, it really upset me hearing Bryce Harper come to the defense of Snell when he said he uh, basically got it right. He said, I'm not mad at him. Uh, he ain't lying. He's speaking the truth, bro. Somebody's got to say it. At least he manned up and said it. Good for him. I love Snell. The guy's a beast, one of the best lefties in the game. Well, he may be one of the best lefties in the game. But in the court of public opinion, Bryce Harper, I wish you wouldn't go there. Uh, you signed a 13-year, $330 million contract with Philadelphia in 2019. You've got more money than anybody's going to see in a lifetime. For you to say, okay, I'm not going to make as much this year, and I'm going to give back to America, who is hurting, 
people out here that are just trying to get by and can't. All 30 million people that are out of job, 30 million plus people out of jobs right now. So you wonder where this is coming from. Now, here's the thing. Harper's dad was a welder, a guy that worked very hard. And I just wonder his take on this. Let's say Bryce worked at a supermarket. He wasn't playing for the Philadelphia Phillies. Would he feel the same way? I don't think so. Nolan Arenado, who signed an eight-year, $260 million contract with Colorado in 2019, also agreed with Snell. He said, quote, I think he was being honest, just being real, he told The Athletic. He made a lot of good points. There are some points he made that were true, that are facts. A lot of it gets misperceived. Trying to get the public to understand us, it's not going to work very well in our favor, end quote. He went on to say, I guarantee you, if you read the comments, you're probably thinking you don't have to work 12 hours a day. You're not one without a job. You're still getting paid. Those people have a right to say that, end quote. Nolan, Bryce Harper, you just nailed it. Here's the deal. It's not going over well in the court of public opinion. It's not going over well in sports king kingdom. And here's why. The frontline folks out here, the nurses, the doctors, the people that are putting it in every day, double shifts. You got truckers out there. You got people in the supermarkets, people doing the jobs every day, people losing businesses, money's being hemorrhaged, people trying to survive, people going without food. And you guys collectively making close to a billion dollars, half a... Uh, in that billion-dollar range, you're getting there. You want us to sit here and say we're feeling so bad because you might have to play for a couple million dollars? Are you kidding me? So when you say it's not going to work very well in the court of public opinion and it's not going to work in our favor for the public to try to understand us, it's not going to work. So you guys need to shut your pie holes, play baseball, take the money you're getting, be happy and grateful for it, it's called an attitude of gratitude. A situation where you need to be grateful for what you have. And as Arenado said, looking around for the folks working those 12-hour shifts, those long shifts in the hospitals that come home dead tired and maybe want to sit and have a beverage and watch a baseball game to get away from the carnage that they see and the things that they have to deal with in these hospital rooms every day. Do you think outside the box for a minute, guys, and say, you know what, that's the right thing to do? Take one for the team. I'm not saying you have to give up your millions from here to eternity. I'm just saying it's a short-term situation that we hope will be less than a year. We're hoping it'll be months. We don't know. But for the foreseeable baseball season, for you to get in there and just play and smile, play a kid's game, make millions instead of tens of millions, for a while, you can get by. I promise you that. But you expect us, John Q. Publix out there and Jane Q. Publix, that are putting the 40 hours plus in a week, these truckers driving cross-country that maybe like to tune in and listen to a baseball game because they're div delivering food to your families, but now you're saying, I'm not going to do that because you want me to play for millions instead of tens of millions. Selfish, greedy, and it sucks. You need to change your perception the way you're thinking. Put America first for once. Put your fellow Americans that want something. People are going crazy this weekend to see this NASCAR event. People like Ben Maitland, my producer, of course, he's going to be there. He's been watching the e-racing. He's going to watch the racing this weekend. He cannot wait for this, and he's excited about this. So he should be, and that's going to give him a sense of normalcy when he sits there and watches maybe with his father, just something they used to do together without fans. It's going to be different. 
but it's going to happen. And NASCAR, while not perfect, and you got knuckleheads in NASCAR like every other sport, you haven't heard anything there about, I'm not going to race if I don't get this amount of money or this amount of money. Somebody at the top has got to say to them, guys, you may feel that way. And don't get me wrong, if Harper and Arenado and Snell feel this way, it's okay. If they say to their wives and spouses and others in their family, I don't want to play because I'm not getting mine. That's fine. That's fine. That's a private conversation. But to publicly say that and alienate the fan bases of America that look at it as pure greed, you miss the boat. You miss it by a mile. We have to look at what can heal this country. Like 9-11, remember when that tragedy happened and they came back and played football? And remember how good we felt just to see something back to get us to smile and think about it? This is where we're at, folks. Getting through a pandemic we've never faced before. We need reasons to smile. NASCAR this weekend is giving us a reason to smile. I haven't been the biggest NASCAR fan, but I am because two reasons. I'm going to watch because they're not out there saying, hey, if you don't give us this dollar amount to win, we're not going to be here. Nobody said that. These guys have been grateful. They've been out of cars 10, 11 weeks, but they're going to get out and do their best. Drive three hours, as Ben said, it's going to be a real show out there because tires could be at a premium. They could be losing tires left and right in 90-degree-plus temperatures, three hours plus in the cars. These guys are going to work their tails off to try to provide some entertainment. And I haven't heard one guy say, I better get mine or I'm not going to race. So that's what I'm saying. Somebody at the top of Major League Baseball, Ron Manford, needs to say, hey, guys, don't talk about this. If you're not happy with it, you guys vote no and don't do the deal. That's one thing. And if they do that, that's their prerogative. They'll still be looked at greedy in some many in, in many circles. We're all going to look at it in our own lens. Don't get me wrong. But when you come out and say that and get ahead of it and say, hey, look, if I don't get mine, my every penny I'm due, I'm not going to play. That's when you lose this. So it's very important that you keep track of that and don't say things that are going to denigrate the game and make fans come out like I have because it doesn't play well in the court of public opinion, just to let you know. So that's my take there. What's your take? 804-327-0888. The Wild Wild West, of course, DeAndre Baker and uh, unbelievable uh, holding folks up at a card game. Couldn't believe that. Another thing I couldn't believe, and I don't believe, is local product, of course, Mike Tomlin. Uh, We know Mike Tomlin and Uh, This story kind of hit me sideways. Former Pittsburgh Steeler James Harrison said that Coach Mike Tomlin gave him an envelope after the linebacker's devastating hit on Cleveland Browns wide receiver Muhammad Masakoy back in 2010. The greatest thing Mike Tomlin ever did, he handed me an envelope after that, Harrison said on Barstool's, quote, going deep podcast, unquote. I'm going to say what he did was hand me an envelope after that. Harrison initially was fined $75,000 for the hit. The most he said that he was ever fined. He later reduced it to, uh, had it reduced to 50,000. Massacoy suffered a concussion as a result of the head to head hit, which was not flagged in the game. Listen on everything. I, and this is what Harrison went on to say. Listen on everything. I love on my daddy's grave. I hit that man with about 50% of what I had. And I just hit him because I wanted him to let loose of the football. Harrison said on the podcast, if I had him knew that if I had knew that they were going to find me 75,000, I would have tried to kill him End quote. Well, that's a nice thought. And James Harrison, as big as he is, probably could have. But uh, very unfortunate this came out. Harrison's fine was also high because he was considered a repeat offender. 
and he had been fined $5,000 earlier in the season for unnecessary roughness. He's a tough guy, and sometimes people thought he might have went a little over the line. Of course, he had some great play for the Steelers, and he was beloved. If you're a Steelers fan, you love that guy. Uh, Harrison's fine, uh, once again, was high there. Repeat offender. Steelers President Art Rooney II issued a statement later Thursday evening denying Harrison's claims. He went on to say, quote, I am very certain nothing like this ever happened. Rooney said, I have no idea why James would make a comment like this, but there is simply no basis for believing anything like this. And quote, Bill Parisi, who is Harrison's advisor and former agent, told the Pittsburgh Tribune Thursday that it, quote, never happened. Absolutely not, said Parisi, who was unaware of Harrison's comments until contacted by the paper. It never happened. I would have known that. It didn't happen. James and I are still together. We're very close. During our 18 years, We he would have said something along the way. So this is a case of maybe Harrison trying to drum up some excitement. So we'll see uh, as time goes on. But uh, to try to bring uh, Mike Tomlin's character into question, I find him to be a man of great character, and I can't see this happening. I can see him maybe saying, hey, that's a great hit, but not to slide an envelope over. So uh, that's where that story is. What's your take? 804-327-0888. We're going to take a timeout. We're going to come back. We've got Joe Moglia coming up at the top of the hour. Much, much more. Jack Thompson as well. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. You're listening to Sports King on a Friday morning. Hi, sports fans. This is Hall of Famer Andre the Hawk Dawson of the Chicago Cubs. You're listening to a guy who hits a home run with every show. It's the Sports King with Jamie King on Sports 106.1. Coastal Carolina University offers you the academic experiences you need to succeed after college. From marine science to computer science, from theater to music technology, from hospitality management to health administration, there is a place for you at Coastal Carolina University. With inspired learning opportunities in the classroom, in the field, online, and around the world, Coastal Carolina offers the opportunities to support and empower your success. Visit coastal.edu to learn more. Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. It's no secret that we're in uncharted waters, but that doesn't mean we should be afraid. Because now is an opportunity to do something heroic. We realize that this is the time to organize a blood drive, help our elderly neighbors with groceries, and assist local nonprofits. And that's exactly what CMA's Colonial Honda is doing. In fact, we set up a helpline to assist people in our community in any way that we can. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance, you can reach our CMA helpline at 434-220-8885. Again, our CMA helpline is 434-220-8885. And of course, if you're in need of any automotive help, we are taking extra precautions to keep our dealership clean. To learn more, visit cmascolonialhonda.com. We applaud you for helping one another during this time. You have inspired us to do the same. CMA's Colonial Honda, moving lives forward. You're listening to the man who thinks that Velcro is nothing more than a ripoff. The Sports King on Sports 1061. that man with about max 50% of what I had. And I just hit him because I wanted him to let loose of the ball. If I had knew they was going to find me 75,000, I would have tried to kill him. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you. Right. 75? And people start- and I ain't going to lie to you. I ain't going to lie to right. you. But that happened, right? And uh, 
the gist thing Mike Tomlin ever did, he handed me an envelope after that. So there you go. James Harrison saying Mike Tomlin handed me an envelope after the big hit on uh, Muhammad Massacoy. Uh, the Steelers were saying it did not happen. Harrison said that if he knew it had been fined 75000 he would have tried to kill him. Of course, jokingly, we think. Anyway, James Harrison, not a guy you want to mess with, but that was the story there, and I think to try to impugn the uh, great character of Mike Tomlin is something that he is going to regret. Hopefully Tomlin calls him and says, hey, man, you need to tone that down, and uh, people might take it the wrong way. Obviously, it puts Tomlin in a very awkward situation, but hopefully – uh, they worked through that. But once again, Mike Tomlin was accused of handing an envelope after a big hit. I just don't see that happening at the character of Mike Tomlin. I think he has been a great, a great coach for so many years and as a guy that is a quality class guy. So I just can't see it. Now, moving on, a couple of sad notes to pass along. Bob Watson, the former All-Star and Championship GM, a two-time All-Star player who became the first black general manager to win a World Series with the New York Yankees in 1996, has passed away. He was 74 years of age. The Houston Astros, for whom Watson played his first 14 Major League seasons, announced his death Thursday evening. Watson died from kidney disease, according to his son. Uh, the Astros went on to say, this is a very sad day for the Astros and for all of baseball. The team said in a statement, Bob Watson enjoyed a unique and remarkable career in Major League Baseball that spanned six decades, of reaching success at many different levels, including as a player, coach, general manager, and Major League Baseball executive. Watson, of course, you remember, was nicknamed the Bull. He made the All-Star game uh, in 1973 and 75, hit over 304 times, drove in at least 100 runs twice while hitting in the middle of the Astros lineup. He also holds the distinction of scoring the one millionth run in Major League history. Wow. Uh, accomplishing the feat on May 4th, 1975, against the San Francisco Giants at Candlestick Park, although some statisticians have since disputed that he was the player to reach that milestone. Um, Bob Watson was a highly accomplished figure in the national pastime and a deeply respected colleague for those of us at Major League Baseball, said MLB Commissioner Rob Manford. He was an all-star during his 19-year Major League career and a groundbreaking executive in the front office. He rose up to become the general manager of the Astros and made history as the first African-American GM of a World Series champion with the 1996 Yankees. He then oversaw the on-field operations for the commissioner's office and played a pivotal role in USA Baseball's success internationally, including its Olympic gold medal in the 2000 Sydney Games. So you have to understand, Watson, what really, uh, as I read about his life and talked about some of the things with some folks about him from a talent standpoint, he's been a great ambassador to the game. He's an all-star, a pioneer. And he overcame prostate cancer after being diagnosed in 1994 and became an advocate for awareness and early detection. He often spoke to conferences and seminars about his experiences, which also were discussed in his book, quote, Survive to Win, end quote, which was published in 1997. He dealt with other health problems in recent years, including kidney failure. He's survived by his wife, Carol, daughter, Kelly, and son, Keith. Now, his daughter, Kelly, and son, Keith, uh, both offered to give him a kidney, and Bob Watson, being the gentleman that he was, said, you are young, you need your parts. I don't want to take that from you to extend my life. I've had a great life. And he refused to do so. So he looked out for his son and daughter and said, no, I don't want to do this. Not that it's a bad thing, of course. Obviously, it's a great, generous gift to offer your father. But he said, no, I don't want to do that. And it's basically, you know, speaks to Bob Watson. He said, I want them to have it. You know, they have a beautiful life ahead of them, and I've had a great life, and basically he de you, he declined the offer. So that was something there that stood out, and I was like, wow, what a great guy, and uh, he was beloved by 
all of the fans, especially Yankees and Astros. Um, another passing uh, colorful player, Coach Pepper Rogers. Rogers was a colorful personality who helped Georgia Tech to an unbeaten season in 1952. Went on to coach Yellow Jackets as well as Kansas, UCLA, and Memphis. He has passed away at age 88. Of course, a statement from his alma mater said Rogers died in Reston, Virginia, where he lived after retiring in 2004. His final job, of course, with the Washington Redskins, he was the vice president of football operations. No cause of death was given, but he had recently suffered a fall. A quarterback and a kicker, Rogers was part of Georgia Tech teams that went 32 and 2. Uh, 32-2-2, and and claimed two Southeastern Conference championships and won three major bowl games during his three seasons on the varsity. He capped a 12-0 season in 1952 by throwing a touchdown pass, kicking a field goal, and adding three extra points in a 24-7 victory over Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl. Georgia Tech finished number one in the International News Service Poll, but settled for number two behind Michigan State in both the Associated Press and Coaches Poll. Uh, so you're looking at a guy that had a long, illustrious career, and of course he ends up uh, with the Redskins as the uh, final job as the VP of Football Operations. So Pepper Rogers is gone at 88. We're going to let you know momentarily we'll be joined by the chairman of TD Ameritrade. So for you wanting financial advice, we got some great questions from listeners today. And we're going to talk with Joe Mowgli. It's a Joe Mowgli report brought to you by Coastal Carolina University, heard exclusively on the Sports King Show right here on Sports 106.1 and Facebook Live. We thank you for joining us this Friday morning as we head to the top of the 11 o'clock hour. Don't forget, Big Al is live 8 to 10. He kicks us off every day of the week, Monday through Friday. I follow 10 to 12, and then it's off to Los Angeles with the great Jim Rome in the jungle in Los Angeles starting in the noon o'clock hour. So coming up after we go to break here, it's going to be Joe Moglia. Then we're going to come back after Joe Moglia, and it's going to be Jack Thompson. Of course, Jack Thompson, the throwing Samoan, one of my favorite all-time college nicknames. What's yours? Give us a call. We'd love to hear it, 804-327-0888. So when we come back, Joe Moglia, if you have any questions, let us know. He's going to help us find some money and how we can make money. He knows better than anyone. Let me tell you, the chairman of TD Ameritrade has a lot of great advice for us. And it's coming up momentarily. You're listening to Sports King on a Friday morning alongside Ben Maitland. NASCAR is on the way this weekend. We've got things to look forward to, folks. Hang in there with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to Sports King on Sports 1061. Hi, this is Bart Oates, Super Bowl champion, center from the New York Giants. You're listening to The Sports King Show with Jamie King on Sports 106.1. Looking for a top-tier university that is affordable? Coastal Carolina University offers more than 100 undergraduate and graduate programs designed to help you earn your degree. Visit coastal.edu and learn more about the coastal commitment to student learning and student-led research. Coastal Carolina University is consistently ranked as a top best value university in the South. Visit coastal.edu to learn more and schedule your campus tour. It's time for the Joe Moglia Report with former Coastal Carolina head football coach and chairman of TD Ameritrade. With daily and weekly insights on football, leadership, and financial advice from one of the top business leaders in the world today. 
Now, direct from Coastal Carolina University, let's join Joe Moglia and the Sports King for the Joe Moglia Report. And the Joe Moglia Report brought to you by Coastal Carolina University, heard exclusively on the Sports King Show. You know him, folks. You love him. He is the best in the business, and we are so honored to have him on the Sports King Show. Coach, how are you doing this morning? How is your family? How are you coping with everything? Everybody's doing fine, uh, Jamie. I appreciate that. I hope you and your family and all the people associated with the show are doing well. Uh, are also doing well. My, my my prayers are with all of them. Thank you, Coach. Hey, we want to get right into it. As a nation, we are facing record unemployment, and for a country that has such a thriving economy some 60-plus days ago, how do you see us, from your vantage point, coming back from an economic standpoint? Well, I think one thing, I think there isn't any question that uh, probably more than any other time in our history, you know, we've had, we had all of our medical scientists, our, our pharmaceutical companies, our biotech companies working on a potential cure for the virus. But, you know, it seems that uh, those companies are making some, some, some legitimate progress as we move down the road. Uh, I know it takes a long time to be able to put together a vaccine, but with this type of concentrated effort, hopefully we're able to do it much sooner than maybe we would have anticipated some other time. But still not exactly around the corner. And I think the other piece that, that, that's a huge help here from an economic perspective is truly what the Fed and the Treasury are doing. The, the economic stimulus that they are providing in the trillions of dollars uh, may not be enough to solve the problem longer term, but it's certainly uh, a great step in the right direction. Coach, your report is brought to you by Coastal Carolina University. How is CCU dealing with the coronavirus, and how do you see them coming back? Is it going to be a stage thing? What are you hearing behind the scenes there? We know the, the leadership of our, our school is, is under the direction of uh, Dr. David DeCenzo, but he also, as a state institution, similar to other state institutions in, in South Carolina, in the state, you know, needs to get direction from, from, uh, from the governor. So, uh, so that's certainly taking place. If you look at what took place in the spring, we virtually went online for everything that we wound up doing, uh, similar to what everybody else did. You know, I think that all worked out reasonably well. We recently had our graduation on a virtual basis. Uh, and I think going forward, whether you look at the summer schedule, you look at what's going on in the fall, uh, it still re- remains to be seen what happens. But I think at the very, very least, there's going to be an online presence. But we don't know any of that for sure yet. You're listening to Joe Mowgli, a report brought to you by Coastal Carolina University, heard exclusively on the Sports King Show. Coach, we've seen market fluctuations, 911, hurricanes, floods, natural disasters that our country has had to face and come through. As one of the great leaders in both sports and business, what's your message in regards to weathering the storm of something that literally came from nowhere only to stop us in our tracks? You know, Jamie, whether it's a personal, your personal relationships, whether it's your family, whether it's the business world, whether it's sports, at the end of the day, how you handle yourself under stress will be a tremendous measure in terms of what ultimately happens. And I think right now we are under tremendous stress. And the worst thing that can happen is for somebody to get overly emotional in terms of what takes place. And, 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 and now is the time to stay uh, thoughtful and disciplined with regards to what's going on. Uh, it's painful now, and it might even get a little worse than where we are today. But it's going to get better. And between now and then, we've got to be able to take, take control of our situations as best we can. But we can't panic and we can't get emotional. 
Our special guest, not only a genius in the business world, but he was the 2015 Eddie Robinson FCS National Coach of the Year. The guy has done it all in his career. And, Coach, you have been there in big businesses and small businesses. What's the best advice? Because we have many small business leaders listening to the show in terms of hanging on and hoping for a brighter day ahead. What would you tell them? You know, I'm incredibly sympathetic to the small uh, business leaders in our country. You know, my dad... Uh, and never finished eighth grade, and he had a fruit and vegetable store, you know, in the Bronx. And I worked in that store from the time I was 10 to the time until I was about 22. And um, uh, it's a tough situation for the small business owners of our country. I would, I would, I would suggest the following, though. Uh, while as tough as it is, the government is providing some help. You need to do everything you possibly can to stay on top of government.com and make sure that you, you are taking advantage of all that. Uh, secondly, I think whether it's with your landlord, whether it's your mortgage lender, whether it's your vendors, uh, whomever it might be, I think now's the time to negotiate. The entire country is, is in a similar similar jam, or, or, or most of the entire country is, and uh, people need to be able to work together at that. And what might have been a fair number from a financial perspective six months ago may not at all be a fair number or even a, a doable number today. Uh, and then, then I think anything that you might be able to do online, uh, clearly you do that. And then finally, I think as a business leader, uh, you still have responsibility to your family and um, to, to the owners of that particular business. And, and you won't have a business if you don't make tough decisions with regards to your operations. Sometimes that may very well mean uh, layoffs and it, it might mean serious cutbacks. But if you don't do that, you're going to be out of business. So. So you do have to make tough decisions as well. It's not an easy time, however, and I appreciate that. Coach, you've always been a leader in everything you've done and a person who inspires so many thousands, tens of thousands of people around the world. You've been a sought-after speaker in so many ways. You've written books. In the times that you've inspired others, that's a fact. We know about that. But what about you? Who inspires you, and who do you lean on when the chips are down? You know, Jamie, I, the, uh, uh, I think when I think about that in general, uh, there are so many people that I've been able to learn from in my life, and there's so many people that have provided me inspiration. But, you know, I think uh, we, we live in the greatest country in the world. I think if you look, look at some of the greatest events, uh, catastrophic events that we've had in our history, certainly what happened on 9-11, certainly, uh, you know, the financial crisis of 2008, um, our country has been as resilient as any nation in the world. And that's really a tremendous strength. So we may be on bed to me, but we know we're going to get up from that. And uh, I think right now where I get uh, most of my inspiration from are, are medical scientists, our healthcare providers, and the people that are our first line of defense, the people that you go to when you have a problem, whether they're manning a hospital or a doctor's clinic or, frankly, a, a, a pharmacy, uh, they're the people that I get inspiration from now. That in the face of all these things we have going on, we still have uh, a good amount of people in our country stepping up and doing all they can to help others. That's what motivates me. When coach, you've been, a high, okay, you've been a highly successful Division One coach. You've done it uh, at all levels in terms of uh, – football excellence from a sports perspective what are your thoughts about athletes coming back in your opinion can college and pro football which we love so much come back safely and do you believe there will be a successful game plan to get the season open at one time in the fall you know in some of the questions you've asked me in the past jamie i've said you kind of got to follow the money and in the nfl and the and the college football ranks 
football is a $100 billion a year business. I'm going to repeat that, $100 billion a year business. And there's nobody that's just going to turn their back on that. And having said that, obviously we've got to keep our people healthy. So I think, I, I think uh, yes, I think, you know, from what we're hearing at least, with regards to professional basketball, baseball, et cetera, you know, they come back and they play, you know, they do everything they can to, to quarantine the players and uh, they do everything they can to, you know, make, make sure they're constantly checking on them. Uh, but they're going to play in front of empty arenas or empty stadiums uh, and at least get things started. I think when it comes to football, I think the NFL's got the same plan. Now, whether or not they're going to start in the fall, that remains to be seen. So then you look at college football, and, you know, a typical president would automatically say, well, you know, bring, hey, you know, our, our students and our student athletes are really the exact same thing. And, and it should be treated the same. So if we're not opening our doors, that's going to be an issue for sports. I agree with that. But I don't think there'll be an institution in the country that's not going to open their doors. We'll be open for business, even though it might be online. And if we're open for business online, then that, that, that gives us maybe a little bit better opportunity to be able to look at the possibility of bringing college football back. I know it would be important for our country and for our colleges uh, to be able to do something like that. And I have every confidence that any of the decision makers uh, with regards to pro football or college sports in general, specifically football, will do all they can to, to, to do all they possibly can to try to make that happen. You're listening to the Joe Mowgli Report, heard exclusively on the Sports King Show on Sports 1061. Continue our discussion with Joe Mowgli. Some Major League Baseball players coach came out. I really roasted him. I was really upset about this. Uh, some of them said, hey, I'm not going to play for a penny less than they normally get, uh, despite the fact many games may be played without fans. It seems like greed is really getting exposed in a time where Americans need the return of the American pastime more than ever. What are your thoughts? I know uh, you've coached NFL players and pro players, and I'm not saying we need to come down so hard on them, but I, it just hit me the wrong way yesterday when a guy said, hey, uh, I'm due $50 million. I'm not playing for a penny less. No way, no how. What's your take in a time where the country needs to heal and many people that have worked so hard just want a reason to smile? What's your take in terms of what you know, players should do under these circumstances? Well, number one, Jamie, I really do appreciate your emotion on this. And I think I have a little bit of a different perspective. So the, um, I think it's critical for the unions and the agents uh, for them, at least, to make sure that they want, want to have the best negotiating position possible. And I don't think any of them think that the world's going to continue and the numbers are going to stay the same. But I think they are probably beginning that way. That, so, so I think that what we're hearing now is all negotiation politics with regard to positioning. Having said that, you know, there, there is not, not 100% of every group, regardless of whether it's professional sports or any, any other sector in, in, in our society, you know, has some people that really are not the type of people you would want your kids growing up like. So let's put them aside. They're a minority. But I'd like to believe that, you know, professional baseball in general and the vast, vast, vast majority of the players, the managers, the owners, et cetera, want to do the right thing here. And there's not even a chance that, frankly, we're going to be able to continue to do what we've been doing in the past. And I like to think everybody recognizes that. So I believe that what they want to do is the right thing. I think what's going on now is just posturing. Having said that, if what you're saying is accurate, and this is really the attitude of our players, I think that's horrific. I think it's a disgrace, but I don't believe that's the case. I kind of really have to see that one to believe that. So right now, they're on the side of believing that ultimately they'll have the best interest of our society at heart. 
Yeah, I definitely uh, said this morning on the show that if they felt that way among their family, they should say that, but not putting out in the public because it's going to really hurt them in the court of public opinion. And uh, we'll have to see how that plays out. It's now time of the show on the Joe Mowgli Report for listener questions. We love this part of the show. Rapid fire. Here we go. Ron in Topeka, Kansas asked, Coach, if you have a secret to market trends, because I always try to time investments right, some I hit, some I miss, is it better to just invest and wait or be a reactionary investor like me and try to time it right? Well, Ryan, you know, first of all, no, I do not have any secrets, number one. Number two, and I have no doubt that you're accurate when you say when you try to find the right, some you hit, some you miss. But if you're anything like 99.9% of the other investors in this country, when you're trying to time it, most of the time you're not going to be right. Most of the time you're going to be wrong. So so I think, think that the, the way to do that is to, quote, be an investor first. And I think if that's the case, then the best way to do that is either you become a better buyer on weakness – which automatically means you should be somewhat of a seller, at least into strength. But you're a buyer on weakness, and, and in general, you dollar plus average. And for, for those of our listeners that don't quite understand what that means, that means you put in the same amount of money on a regular basis. So when the markets are doing well, you're actually buying less stock, for example. When the markets are doing poorly, you're actually buying more stock. So as long as our economy does well over time, the markets will always do well over time, then you, you'll be in pretty good shape down the road. But I would approach it that way. Coach Sandra Hudson, Florida, asks, what is the best thing to invest for my grandchildren that will grow over time and be there for them, like a Roth IRA, for example? Is there anything else you recommend over anything else? Well, Sandra, I think you're going about this the right way. I think a Roth IRA is certainly the way to do it. There are 529 plans you can open up for you for your children and grandchildren as well. Uh, but in terms of maybe what to invest in, because no matter what you're doing, that, that, that's, that, that, that's just the vehicle within which you wind up making decisions on your securities. The decision you make on your securities is more important than what vehicle you're in. The advantage to the, four, uh, the, uh, of the IRA, of course, is, or the Roth IRA, is that you get it's, it's tax benefits. Um, and in terms of an investment, I would look at the S&P 500, and uh, that gives you, that's the largest 500 companies in, in the world, that gives you diversification across 11 different sectors, uh, as well as some international exposure. Uh, and I would do that to an index fund, which would be cost-effective as well. Coach Tim from Woodbridge, Virginia, says, My cousin David keeps wanting me to invest in precious metals. If I do this, how much of a portfolio percentage should I devote to this aspect? Uh, I think I think with regard to Tim, um, your cousin David, uh, there are there are other experts in the world with regard to precious metals, certainly far greater than I. But <laughs> with regards to my own portfolio and the stuff that I'm doing for my own family and loved ones, uh, I do think you need to own gold in the portfolio. I think uh, if you have room for any diversification whatsoever, it should be in there. Uh, right now, actually, my own percentage of gold in my portfolio is about 7.5%. That's probably the highest it's been. But that's because gold has done so well over the span of the last yeah, two, three, four years that my position has gotten better. So if you don't already own that, what I would do is probably begin with a 1% or 2% position, and then it would add to that on weakness. You're listening to the Joe Mowgli Report, heard exclusively here on Sports 106.1, brought to you by Coastal Carolina University. It's listener question time. We move on to Delvin from Washington, D.C. Delvin wants to know, Coach, uh, with the market going up and down, is there anything that I can just put my money on and know I won't lose my shirt? Is there anything you like in terms of lower-risk investment strategies? 
I think the number one thing, Devlin, you got to think about with regard to lower risk is your time, time horizons. So if you want to get a return over the span of the next month or so, you're not going to be able to do that without taking risk. But if you want, if you, you have a longer time horizon out a year, two, three, four, five years, then, then I think what you want is probably large cap companies with good balance sheets. You know, and right now, frankly, they're the ones that are also doing well. You know, in, in the in, in the markets with everything we've got going on. I mean, uh, I mean, companies like one kind of everybody knows the the Amazons, the Microsofts, the Apples of the world all have incredible balance sheets. They're well positioned for what's going on in our current environment, our current economy, and they're going to do well over time. If you own good, solid companies that you're buying at reasonable prices over time, you're going to be fine. But it's over time, not necessarily tomorrow. Coach Susan from Dallas, Texas, asks, what role should bonds play overall in a portfolio? There are basically three major asset classes Susan, somebody would have in their portfolio. You, know, you would have equity, not major class, you'd have equities, you'd have fixed income, which is bonds, you'd have cash. And depending on your age, depending on your age, the younger you are, the smaller percentage that should be. I'm making up the numbers now because I don't have the exact, exact table in front of me, but if I'm 25 years old, and I feel pretty good about my career path, I may have 0% of fixed income. I may have 5%, but I'm not going to have much more than that. If I'm 60 and I, I'm getting ready to retire or I'm in the process of retiring, I would want to have a much, much greater percentage than that. Now, there are formulas for that. You know, you take your age, divide by 12, you take the square root of 17, and you figure it out that way. But that, you should be able to find uh, those types of templates relatively easily. But it really depends on your age. But somewhere, fixed income should have some sort of place in your portfolio, especially as we get older. Coach Bill from Cleveland, Ohio asks, most people talk about diversification and investing. How diverse, as a rule, he wants to know, should he be in terms of a rule of thumb on the investment aspect aspects? Okay, I think you want to look at this probably three or four different ways, uh, Bill. And in terms of what I just shared with Susan, the major classes are equities, fixed income, cash. So you want some exposure there. But then within the equity market, within the equity market, uh, there are many different sectors. So that's why I I like to look at the S&P 500. Within the S&P 500, not only are they large companies, but they are also uh, spread across 11 different sectors. So, for example, today, the technology sector is doing phenomenally well. So is healthcare. So is communication services. The retail sector, or consumer staples, is not doing well, well at all. Uh, you know, transportation is not doing well. Industrials are not doing well. So, but that that diversification across those sectors helps your portfolio because what you don't want is everything moving up and down at the same time. Having some sort of some sort of gold in there, I think, is also well. Then on top of that, you, you, be, you may want to add uh, things things like uh, you know real estate. Now, if, if if I'm making my first real big investment, it's probably going to be in my home. Then after that, I'm going to focus a little bit more on my savings and my and my investments. And Ricky from Gulfport, Mississippi asks, I dabble in real estate, but I'm looking to broaden things. Should I look at condos, apartments, or houses, or just buy land? What area should I concentrate on? Well, depending on where you're looking, Ricky, the, uh, and depending on, you know, I'm not sure what the markets are like for real estate in Gulfport, Mississippi, but you look at different spots in the United States, there are some opportunities where, number one, is it rural or urban? I mean, think about New York City now. With everything going on in New York City, I cannot imagine real estate significantly dropping in New York City. Having said that, 
if you move 30, 40, 50 miles outside of New York City with people not necessarily wanting to live in the city, I could see real estate doing relatively well there. Over the span of, depending on where you are regionally, over the span of the next year or two, you know, what's going on now with our economy, it's going to take its toll on real estate. And I would think there's going to be some incredible opportunities out there. And I think you have to have a good understanding of the market and a good understanding of, you know, what your own risk-reward tolerance is. And then, then if, if you're not really familiar with what's going on, then, then you need somebody to kind of help you out with that. But I think there will be good opportunities in real estate. It's just going to vary from, from as you pointed out, condos, apartments, houses, land, uh, but also very much where you are in the country and what you're looking at. Hey, Coach, it's the time of the show we all look forward to the most on the Joe Mowgli Report. Will you give us the best advice this week to help us in terms of finance and investing? We are all ears. What's your best advice this week, Coach? I think this is something that I shared, that I shared previously, uh, Jamie, and I, I would share it again. Um, you know, a woman by the name of Kathy Wood is the founder and CEO, and she's also the chief investment officer of an asset management company called ARK, A-R-K. And those portfolios are broken, broken down in, in, into different groups. Um, I've known her for 20 years. I have tremendous respect for her, for intelligence and her the team she, she has put together and the portfolio she has put together. And she has a track record that goes back decades. So you might want to look that up, ARK. I am a buyer of the ARK portfolios, and I would suggest for your listeners probably ARK K, uh, as in Kappa K, they, you know, that on weakness in the market, you would add, add to your portfolio there. I am doing that with those portfolios. Coach, one of the greatest business minds in the world today, sought-after speaker, author, coach, you've done it all. Before we let you go, can you give us some positive feedback in our final moments here as we are all facing uh, something we've never faced before collectively to get back to normal? What would you advise all of us in terms of something to look forward to? I begin, Jamie, I think by repeating something I said earlier. I said, uh, let's make, let's, we, we should realize we do live in the greatest country in the world, and we are attacking this head on. Uh, we're not out of it yet, and it may take a little while before we get out of it. But we are resilient, and this is a focus of our country. We got past 9-11. We got past 2008 financial crisis. We will get past this. But we're in the middle of it right now. I think you want to stay positive. I think for those for those, for those of our listeners that, that are religious, this is a, a, a good time, I think, uh, to, 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 to pray. Uh, but you want to be able to count on what you need to take responsibility for what you're doing yourself. And I think you want to stay thoughtful and disciplined with regard to that. In the past, I had said with us, this is rare that most of us are spending far more time at home than what we ever have. And in doing that, it's a great time to, to focus on who we are really, you know, who, who is, who am I as a human being, as a father, as a friend, as, 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 as a coach, as, as, as an executive, uh, as a human being. And, and, and think hard about that. And then when we come out, come out of this, having thought through more who we are spiritually, now I don't mean that to be religious specifically, but who we are really, who are we really, uh, I think helps us. So it's a wonderful time to be self-reflective and I would encourage all of our listeners to do that. Coach, have a great Friday and a great weekend ahead. We thank you so much. And, folks, you've been listening to the Joe Mowgli Report here exclusively on the Sports King Show, brought to you by Coastal Carolina. Take care of yourself, your family, Coach, and please, we look forward to seeing you, talking to you soon, and getting back to normal as soon as possible. Thanks, Jamie, and everybody be safe. Joe Mowgli Report, heard exclusively here on the Sports King. We're going to take a time out. We're going to come back. We've got the throwing Samoan on the way. Jack Thompson as the Sports King rolls on Friday morning. 
Hi, this is Chris Mooney of the Richmond Spiders. You're listening to Jamie King, the Sports King, on Sports 106.1. Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. It's no secret that we're in uncharted waters, but that doesn't mean we should be afraid. Because now is an opportunity to do something heroic. We realize that this is the time to organize a blood drive, help our elderly neighbors with groceries, and assist local nonprofits. And that's exactly what CMA's Colonial Honda is doing. In fact, we set up a helpline to assist people in our community in any way that we can. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance, you can reach our CMA helpline at 434-220-8885. Again, our CMA helpline is 434-220-8885. And of course, if you're in need of any automotive help, we are taking extra precautions to keep our dealership clean. To learn more, visit cmascolonialhonda.com. We applaud you for helping one another during this time. You have inspired us to do the same. CMA's Colonial Honda, moving lives forward. The Sports King Studio Line is now open. If you got a sports question, thoughts on your mind about your favorite team, we'd love to hear from you at 804-327-0888. That's 804-327-0888. We're on a mission from God. And welcome back, everyone. Sports King on a Friday morning. And, folks, we thank Dr. Paul Ross in our first hour. We thank Joe Moglia, the chairman of TD Ameritrade, of course, former coach at Coastal Carolina. And hits keep coming. In the history of college football, there have been some good nicknames. There have been some great nicknames. And my next guest has one of the greatest. I remember names like I Am Hip and Rocket Ismail. But I'm telling you, folks, the throwing Samoan. Man, does it get better than that? Every time I hear that name, I love it. And we love the guy because he is such an outstanding gentleman as well. Joining us from the great Northwest, he is Jack Thompson, the throwing Samoan. Jack, welcome back to the show. Hey, Jamie. Good to hear from you. I hope you're How doing you well, been? safe. I'm doing good. Uh, like everyone else, uh, just starting to come out of being hunkered down like this. Uh, it, uh, it's about time. It's so funny. Uh, of course, Mark Rippon on the other day, and Mark's always been mm. a fan of yours, and uh, you use the term hunker down. He uses the term hunker down. So you guys, you know it's a Washington State thing, must be. And then, uh, of course, he'll always say, keep your, da- keep your dauber up. You guys use all these different <laughs> phrases. I know there's certain things. But talk about the history. Uh, you, uh, people... You know, when you look back at your outstanding career, six foot three, two hundred seventeen pounder. Of course, you had such an outstanding career. And when you look at what you did, nineteen seventy nine round one pick number three, your career was legendary. I mean, the people there revere you to this day. Talk about your time at Washington State and how special that was. Well, you know, Washington State, no matter what generation, uh, you know, whether those who came before me or uh, many of those who came after. I mean, it's a special place, and it was a special time for me. Um, I had uh, a very unusual um, beginning or uh, a career at Washington State in that I had uh, four head coaches in four years. I don't think uh, it's ever happened before or since. And uh, it, uh, we had a special class uh, because we all stayed in t- uh, intact, and we, we we did our best to create a, a a basis for you know going forward um, we've had some great teams since 
but um, boy, it was tough. Four, four head coaches in four years. Well, I'll tell you what's even more remarkable. When you look at his passing statistics and you look at the numbers you put up in terms of your 53 touchdowns, your QBR rating, 113.7, year one, 134.7, year two, 124, and 111 for a total of 122.9. The fact that you were so precise in what you did and you were always counted on to deliver, just an amazing career. And you look at all the great things at Washington State. What stood out? I mean, was it the consistency you had? What were some of the things you took the most pride in as a player at the quarterback position? Well, at Washington State, it was the team, my, my, the class that I came in with, uh, high school class in 1974. I was talking to with one of my buddies, one of my teammates, and actually he was a roommate. Um, and we had, uh, I think, 10 to 11 guys go in the NFL. One one went to uh, the CFL, and he made it to the CFL Hall of Fame, Brian Kelly, my wide receiver. And, uh, you know, I had a, a fullback named Dan Dornick, uh, Mike Levin, solid wide receiver. I mean, uh, all of my receivers you know, made it into the league, except for Brian Kelly. He went to uh, Canada and now is in CFL, and just a special bunch of guys. And and um, you know, to this day, I think is the uh, best class uh, football class ever. And um, we're very proud. Uh, we're very proud of that. And uh, I look back with great fondness. You concluded your career as one of the most prolific passers in NCAA history, 7,818 yards. You set Pac-10 records for attempts, completions, TD passes, uh, honorable mention All-American three times. When you look back on your career and the fact that you're only one of two players in school history to have your number retired, I mean, when you think of all the great ones that have played there at Washington State, when you look back at that type of situation, getting your jersey retired, how special was that for you? Oh, it was – it was very special, and um, but in light of uh, you know, to your point, Jamie, there, there have been a lot of quarterbacks that come after, um, and you know, you got Gardner Minshew, Ryan Lee, Drew Bledsoe, Rippin, uh, you know, a lot of great guys, and um, you know, I, I I take even that much more pride in knowing that my my jersey is retired, and um, and to have guys. Um, the caliber of those who followed, um, you know, there, it, 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 it's very special and very meaningful to me. When you look back and uh, you guys get together at your functions, when you look at the Ryan Lees <laughs> and the Rippins and yeah. all the great quarterbacks that have played, and you kind of carry the mantle there. Uh, I wish I was a fly on the wall to hear some of the discussions, but you guys, such a fraternity of great ones. Minshew, you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, why yeah. the Northwest? Why the greatness out there? We don't get to see here on the East Coast because you guys play so late at night, but the fact that you're one of the best-kept secrets out there, the quarterback production and the history of quarterbacks there has been so special through the years. You know, what's even more special, Jamie, and thank you for mentioning that, um, it is a special fraternity, um, and you know the the thing that we all ha- we all have in common. You know, we certainly love our football program and everything, and but we we actually love our school more, and and that's a very important distinction because the guys. Uh, I threw a golf tournament last year, and we had thirty former quarterbacks, and wow. you know, including all the guys that, that we just mentioned. The only guy we were missing uh, was Tim Rosenbaugh. Yep, um, and because he was coaching and. Um, but you know, it 
there's a special fraternity, and it's, it's, it's rooted in the love that we all have for our school. It's a special place, and, and um, that's why, you know, other, there are other quarterback fraternities and other great universities, but, not, you know, not with the uniformity of love for the university that our, uh, that our quarterbacks have, and we generally like being together. Now, they poke fun at me because I'm the old man. <laughs> and, um, you know, and I, and I turn around and say, Hey, show some respect kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a fun gathering, but it's a respectful one, uh, from them to me, from me to them. And so it's, uh, it's a mutual admiration society. And it, again, it's all rooted in our love for Washington state university. Our special guest, the throwing Samoan Jack Thompson from the great Northwest, of course, Washington state, a legend there. And then round number one, pick number three in 79. Many people may forget this. I, I never have how high you went when you got your name called by the Cincinnati Bengals, oh, not yeah. the place many people wanted to go, but I guess you getting drafted so early, you're probably so excited. Talk about that special moment for you and your family, 1979 being a first round pick, the third overall. Well, Jamie, it was a complete surprise. It was absolutely a complete surprise. And back then, we were we were all in our homes, and, and it was about seven thirty-five a.m. Uh, Seattle time, ten thirty-five uh, New York time. And I was expected, no, actually, it was seven fifteen. I was expected to get a call around seven thirty-five from New York Giants. That's where I was slated to go. And and so when the phone rang, because you have five minutes per her selection um, and uh, the phone rang at 715 and I got on it and someone said I'm from Cincinnati Bengals and I, I thought it was a joke I thought it was one of my friends pulling you know <laughs> pulling my my leg and I said come on do I and I was on the uh, I was on the, um, the TV camera was was rolling and then I realized this was not a joke and when she said um, uh, coach Brown would like to talk to you and I'm thinking coach Paul Brown. And that's how it went down, Jamie. It was hilarious. Wow. And I remember wow. the, uh, the, the camera guy, the, um, who was there, um, filming it. He goes, could you please smile? <laughs> you know, uh, cause I was, I was, I was that surprised that uh, wow. I was going that early. And, um, but it was a pleasant, obviously a pleasant surprise. And when I talked to coach Brown, it was real, and and um, I was very honored that um, they they had selected me. When you look at Joe Burrow now, uh, first yeah. pick overall goes to Cincinnati. You're number three, still a high pick. Uh, we we joke with Mark Mosley. He told us uh, when he played, he got a twenty five hundred dollars signing bonus way back <laughs> in the seventies. You got Joe Burrow's total contract thirty six million twenty three point nine million for. One pick in 2020. So back in your draft, oh, the first geez. round pick number three, was it comparable to that 36 million? I'm thinking not. I mean, oh, do you remember back then? <laughs> oh yeah, I think my bonus was 250 thousand bucks. 250 thousand, but boy, talk about inflation, Jack. Yeah, talk about no, inflation, I, I, huh? I, yeah, that that number sticks out in my mind. And uh, you know, um, talking about the QB um, uh, fraternity, we have. Um, now, when Drew got Drew Bledsoe got drafted, um, and the contract that he signed, um, I saw him later on that spring after he got drafted, and he said, "Hey, Jack, do you want to hear something cool?" And he plays me the recording of you know the bank teller telling him what his uh, balance was, 
in his checking account. And I looked at him. I mean, it was something, you know, ridiculous millions, right? And and I looked at him and said, that is not funny. Not funny at all. That, that was wow. when, that was shortly after he had signed his contract. Well, let me ask you, and I've asked so many people this that played in your era in 79. Of course, you get drafted in such a high pick. Uh, do you ever say when you sit on your front porch, maybe, man, if I would just got picked now, just think of the money to throw in some more, it would be worth today. Are, are you kidding me? Of course I have. <laughs> <laughs> and every time I hear these contracts, and then, I, you know, I, I saw what Tua Tangalailoa signed for, and then I couldn't be more happy for that young man. And, uh, you know, it's just crazy. It's, uh, uh, you know, monopoly money. Well, when you look at your career, of course, uh, the Bengals and Tampa Bay, and, of course, you had such great success at the college level, and then you go to the NFL. Uh, what do you remember about your NFL time and your experiences there? Well, uh, going going to Cincinnati was uh, a real blessing in that, um, you know, made great friends there, and Anthony Munoz, Max Montoya, you know, Charles Alexander. I can go on and on and on. And, and uh, when I got traded to Tampa Bay, it, it, Tampa was a very, that was a very controversial move. I had no choice in the matter. They, they sent me down there and, and, um, and I was down there right in the midst of the turmoil uh, with Doug Williams. And, and so uh, they, they let Doug go and, um, and I'm, I'm in there in the midst of uh, a, a, a a locker room of guys who understandably, you know, saw their best friend leave and their leader in Doug and, and, uh, and I'm there thinking, Oh, well, uh, hello guys. <laughs> and it wasn't uh, a very, it was a rocky start. It was a tough, it was a tough situation down in Tampa, but I understand it. You know, they, they had lost uh, their leader and, um, you know, my only regret is that, um, you know, I wish uh, I would have hung out with um, you know the, those friends that I had and I had developed in in Cincinnati. Then, yeah, you know, I have a few more questions. I have a few more questions yeah. for you. I'd like to keep you through the break if you don't mind. I did want to ask you before we go to break in under a minute. Could you tell us we've got, um, of course, Mike Leach has moved on. He's no longer mm-hmm. at uh, Washington State. Nick yeah. Rolovich comes in. What do you expect coming forward for the Washington State Cougars? Well, I expect great things uh, from Rolo. He is a phenomenal fit and um, just a, a great guy. I've known him since his playing days when he played for June Jones. And then as far as Coach Leach is concerned, I couldn't be more grateful for all he has had done for Washington State. He did for us what we needed him to do, and I wish him nothing but the best. And I'm going to be a big Mississippi State uh, fan. And we're a fan of this guy, Jack Thompson, the throwing Samoan. I arguably tell you, folks, in my opinion, one of the greatest names ever in the history of college football. We're going to take a timeout, come back with Jack, find out what he's up to now and more. You're listening to Sports King on a Friday morning edition. We'll be right back. Don't touch that dial. Hi, this is Vince Papali, whose life was featured in the movie Invincible. You're listening to another guy who is invincible as well. The Sports King, Jamie King, on Sports 106.1. With 19 NCAA Division I sports and 84 majors, Coastal Carolina University affords student-athletes the competition and learning they crave. From FBS football to ladies' volleyball, from championship baseball to ladies' lacrosse, 
From business to theater arts, Coastal Carolina University offers a depth of learning both on the field and in the classroom. Eager ambition is a hallmark of students and faculty at Coastal Carolina University. Schedule a tour and learn more at coastal.edu. Hi, it's the Sports King, Jamie King, and I'm here to offer you truly life-changing advice. If you or someone you know suffers from foot pain, don't delay. Take immediate action and visit the podiatry centers of Dr. Paul Ross with two offices to serve you, Bethesda, Maryland, and Springfield, Virginia. I know firsthand he changed my life and totally restored my foot. He will do the same for you. That's the podiatry center of Dr. Paul Ross. For more information, go to paulrossdpm.com. That's paulrossdpm.com. You're listening to the guy that was once addicted to brake fluid. But please don't worry, he says he can stop at any time. It's the Sports King on Sports 106.1. And welcome back Friday morning on the Sports King. Thank you, London, England. Hello, London, England, Sacramento, California. Hello. Getting some listeners coming in, loving the guest we have. And why wouldn't you, folks? They're throwing some more, and you're talking college football royalty here, a legend. The Northwest, I'm telling you what, Washington State loves this guy. Everybody out there loves this guy. He is amazing. Jack Thompson, the throwing some more, and we continue our discussion with him. Of course, many people, if you forgot about it, you can't. Uh, the number three pick overall, 79 drafts, Cincinnati Bengals. So, you can't speak in terms of things now in the coaching staff now, but what does Joe Burrow step into there in Cincinnati? What can he expect as the number one pick? Well, he's going to uh, walk in. You know, number one, Cincinnati is a great city. And, um, you know, I have nothing but fond memories of my time in Cincinnati. And, um, you know, him. Don't know much about the coaching staff outside of you know I've been been basically removed. I'm a I'm a college football guy, but I um, my my team that I'll always root for is Cincinnati Bengals, and I know a lot of my teammates um, still reside in Cincinnati. They they love the city that much, and um, so I, I do know that you know Joe's going to step into a great city to represent and play for, and as long as they you know. Uh, build a team around him, lineman up front to protect him. If he has an Anthony Munoz and you know, Max Montoya, Dave Lapham, he'll be just fine. <laughs> so, Jack, let me ask you this. You had your nickname bestowed, bestowed upon you by the Spokesman Review columnist Harry Misseldine during yeah. your breakout season in 1976 at Washington State. I love the name. I absolutely, I smile every time I hear, what about you and the history of the name and the fact that it was given to you and you were able to really parlay that on so many people there. When they hear that name, they just smile and they love it. Uh, your thoughts on that and the fact he gave it to you. Well, first of all, Harry was a, uh, was a good friend. He was a good man and he was fun to be around. And, uh, uh, I remember shortly after he gave that nickname, the first time I ever saw that was, um, we were on our uh, we were on our way to uh, the football game. We were playing against University of Wisconsin in Madison, and it was on the front page. It's the first time I ever saw the nickname thrown Samoan, and and um, and uh, Harry came up to me later. I forget when he said I was I was the one that coined that nickname, and uh, he said I hope you're not mad. I said no, it's, it's fine. My my dad loves it. And the most important thing <laughs> is my dad loved it. You know that's cool. And because I had a bunch of other nickname potentials, you know, yeah, uh, very 
um, you know, politically incorrect uh, right. stuff. And, and um, but, you know, in some of Samoan, my, my dad, he says, why wouldn't I love that? You're Samoan, aren't you? But, you know, it's funny. Uh, there have been a lot of guys since then who, you know, Samoan quarterbacks, uh, you know, I hear uh, there's this uh, quarterback, uh, St. Louis in the XFL, and they were coining the you know phrase throwing Samoan. I said, wait a minute, that nickname is taken, right. you know. Um, and it's it's funny because um, you know I wear that. Uh, I'm proud of that nickname. Obviously, it, its origin and the fact that it you know it highlights my ethnicity. And um, and one thing that my dad always made sure is that. Don't screw that nickname up, you know, you know, where it was pride and, and represented with pride. And, and that's how he, he raised me. So, Folks, make no mistake, uh, there is only one throwing Samoan, and he is the best, <laughs> Jack Thompson, Washington State, great. Uh, now you've moved on, you're a mortgage banker, and yeah. I know we're in unprecedented times. How are things for you now on the business side and uh, your career transition into the mortgage banking industry? Well, Jamie, thank you for that. I, um, you know, I'm not a mortgage banker. I'm, uh, you know, I'm a partner with um, a team over here in, uh, in the Northwest, and we're with Cross Country Mortgage, and we have three branches, four branches actually out here. And me, I took the partners and uh, you know help run that. I'm I'm the business development guy, um, opening doors and you know developing relationships with um, other companies. And uh, we're fortunate to have a very good team. And I, I'll tell you, it's, it's as crazy as these times are and have been. We've had record months in April, and it looks like May will be the same. Uh, our company, Cross Country Mortgage Nationwide, is just blowing up, and it it, it, go, it speaks to the leadership that we have. We're based in Cleveland, Ohio. Here we go again. I'm back to Ohio, and uh, <laughs> our um, Craig Montgomery is our national production uh, director, and he's he's all our bosses, and then he answers to Ron Lionheart, the owner, and they are um, you know football. Uh, fanatics in, in, in our, uh, head, at our headquarters. And, um, but they're, they're just great leaders and, um, they're, they're helping, they're really helping grow our company. We're, we're leaps and bounds ahead of, uh, last year. So I'll tell you what, a lot of good things happening. It'd be great to do business with you, be able to sit down and uh, hear some stories. I know that really has opened a lot of doors in that area of the country, the fact that you're so still beloved to this day. Uh, in our final minute or so, uh, in terms of a message you might have for the folks out there, you're seeing an uptick in your business. Uh, you have any message of positivity for our listeners out there dealing with things that we've never faced before? Well, you know, I, I, I'm not um, maybe the last guy to ask, uh, you know, it, that question, but you know, I, just my nature, I'm positive, and you know, I look at the, I look for avenues to, to you know, help affect people uh, over and beyond what I do at work. You know, um, I work with, I work with kids, and um, you know, there are a lot of positive things we can do even in light of this pandemic, and you know, you just got to find the, the the gifts that you've been blessed with. And, and then turn around and bless others with those gifts, you know. Um, and mine, you know, I, I love working with kids, so I do that whenever I can. Our special guest on the Sports King Show has been Jack Thompson, the throwing Samoan. The age listed 
says 63, but he's like Joe Theismann. These guys, I don't know what they're doing with their fountain of youth they're drinking from. He doesn't age at all. Jack Thompson, we can't thank you enough for joining us on today's Sports King show. We wish you and your family the very best. Stay safe and best of luck in that mortgage industry. You're doing a great job, and we'll love to have you back as we get close to hopefully college football season returning. I'm, I'm hoping that's the case, and it's always good to talk to you, Jamie. Thank you. You take care. Stay safe. You got a Jack Thompson, man. What a legend. And I'll tell you what, folks. Uh, whenever you have legendary players on, you just sit there and you just can let them go and go because you want to hear all of the things dating back to when it all started. And this guy, folks, make no mistake, football royalty, Jack Thompson. And boy, what a career he had. If you have time today, hey, Google him. Look it up. You'll see for yourself he was a legend at the collegiate level and did such amazing things. And he's so beloved there. And always great to catch up with Jack Thompson, our special guest. I want to thank our one's guest, Paul Ross, and also... At the top of the 11 o'clock hour, it was Joe Mowgli of Joe Mowgli Report, the chairman of TD Ameritrade and of uh, Coastal Carolina fame. And then Jack Thompson followed him up. Reminder, folks, if you can donate blood, please contact the Red Cross. Give where you can. Help one another. Look out for one another. As Jack said, stay positive. We want to do that. And for Ben Maitland, I'm the Sports King, Jamie King. Enjoy your weekend. You've got NASCAR coming up. For Ben Maitland, I'm the Sports King. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday.